hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable, minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. I am your host, Charles Wolfork, the self-talk engineer. And if you like this podcast, please hit, consider hitting the like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube or, or Facebook. And if you're on any uh, podcast platform, give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Today, we have, hey, today, I, I'm telling you what, I've been looking forward to talking to this young man right now because he has so much great energy high vibrations just a great brother and just hard work and grinded let me tell you more about julian pilot now julian he grew up in north cali and he always know it was unknown that he was going to go to college and he went ahead and fulfilled that went to morehouse college and majored in applied physics and went into civil engineering and he transferred colleges and graduated from Notre Dame, go Irish. And, but he didn't feel valued even though he was making money from his first job after he graduated. So he started studying personal finance, investments, and credit, and ran into real estate and looked into bigger pockets. And then he looked into business credit, large business credit. And now he has become an expert over the years and has his own credit company called Take Flight Solutions. And he's living with purpose and standing in his power. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Julian Pilot. What's up, Julian? Man, that intro went crazy. I appreciate it, appreciate it, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on your platform, boss. Hey, bro, you already know, man. Thank you, man. You, you're the blessing to me, for real. So for the folks that don't like know anything besides what I just told them, please tell them some more about yourself, Julian. Yeah, man. So um, just turned 29. Um, my name is Julian. Birthday, November 2nd. Uh, grew up out here in Northern California in a city called Vallejo, which is about about 30, 35 minutes north of San Francisco, hour south of Sacramento. Um, have a strong passion for uh, investments and personal finance, helping people, helping people get another uh, second chance. I'll be able to tr- achieve their dreams and their goals. I uh, love working out, love eating healthy. Um, I love vacations. I love traveling uh, all around the country. Um, uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up everything else. But Charles, you did an amazing job. You covered everything. It's hard to describe myself outside of what you already said. <laughs> true that, true that. So, bro, man, you shifted. You totally shifted your life. So, please, all right. What did you, so you went to college. You always knew you were going to college. Did your mom and dad tell you, like, hey, you're going to college? Yeah, so my mom went to undergrad at Sacramento State. Then she got a master's at university, UCSF, and became a nurse, did the schooling thing, did very well in school. And actually, my dad did not go to a four-year college. He actually dropped out of community college. And um, it's I always think of myself now as a combination of the two. My mom always told me, hey, you're going to college, right? I always remember being about five, six years old thinking about, uh, I asked my mom, like, yo, should I go to college? She said, no, it's not a question. You are. You are going to college. <laughs> and so I always grew up thinking that's what people did. Like right. that was the thing to do. I didn't know there was an option outside of going to college. Mm-hmm. So in my going through high school, that was what my mind was at. That's what I was going to do. I thought I was going to go to UC Berkeley, um, be the starter running back uh, off the UC Berkeley football team, uh, study engineering, and then live a life through through that way. Um, stop growing sophomore year. Stop growing a five dime. So those football <laughs> dreams went out the window. But um, but yeah. So after graduating high school, um, did a lot of uh, uh, college prep programs that really pushed me to go to college, and that's what I did. 
I did college for six years, six long years, and um, got out and uh, started making some money. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what was your first job out of college? Okay, my first job out of college was the one job that I ever had. So, uh, as you said before, I went to University of Notre Dame, and actually the CEO of of the company that I first worked with is PG&E, which is a utility company out here, yeah. um, actually went to Notre Dame. And so they had a very strong recruitment program at Notre Dame. So, um, and me being from California, I I wanted to get out of I wanted yeah. to get out of the Midwest. Yeah, right? yeah. And every other company that was recruiting there was based in Chicago, mm-hmm. based in Ohio, based in New York. Mm-hmm. But I was like, man, I, Midwest is cool, but there's nothing like the tacos, <laughs> nothing like the good weather, the beaches. <laughs> You know everything get out here in California. So I was like, let me get out. Let me uh see what uh PGE is rocking with. So decided to go through with them. They really loved the interview, and um, I really liked what they were doing because I grew up with them. I, I saw them act on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. uh, I felt like it was a, it was a good match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PGE's corporate office is downtown Cincinnati where I grew up. In fact, my mom worked there for a short stint too. So like oh, really? I'm very, oh yeah, I'm very well uh, versed in like PG&E. A lot of the bigger companies, PG&E and General Electric, you know what I mean? Those were um, right there in Cincinnati, of course, you know, right up in Michigan, you got the Motor City up there, which went crazy back in the day. Um, so I'm, I'm actually talking about PG, Pacific Gas and Electric. Yeah. So yeah, so I, they're only based in California. PG&E. So you you might be thinking about PNG. PNG. That's what you think about. <laughs> I, I wish I was with uh, uh, PNG too. <laughs> Engineers made some good money over there. So, uh, but I made sure I was in California. I was like, man, I can't be anywhere else outside of Northern California. Yeah, for real. Thanks, thanks for making me look stupid on my show, Julie. I appreciate that. Like. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Hey, so what happened there? And like after you like, what happened at the job that made you want to shift? Yeah, man. Uh, um, I got into it thinking, hey, I'm gonna love it. Um, realized I didn't like my first position, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't like my first position, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I gotta work my way up. Yeah. You know, I can't just dive into what I wanted to do, right? And I started uh, working in Sacramento, and I had a few coworkers who mentored me. They were mm-hmm. they had been in the company for 15, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm thinking, look, if you're going to be in this position for 15, 20, 30 years, it must be a passion, right? And I, I remember talking to one of my mentors about that. So I asked him, it's like, yo, so how long, how long has this been a passion for you? He said, passion. <laughs> he said, man, I, I'm doing this because I got two kids and I got, a, and I got a baby mama I got to take care of. And I said, really? He said, so you don't really like this? Said, I mean, I'm doing it because I'm like, I'm good at it. Yeah. But it's, I wouldn't say it's my passion. So I asked him, OK, well, look, if you could do anything in the world, what would you do? And he said, I would be a, a chef at a five star restaurant in New York. We're in California. Right. And I asked him how long right. you want to do that. He said, well, at least for the last 10, 15 years. I said, wow. So you've been at this job for 20 some years and not really loving it. And you literally putting aside your, your dreams, higher aspirations for, for a consistent paycheck. And I started thinking like, man, that's, that's crazy. Right. And I started talking to other people within the company and had like, it was the same feeling, right? It was the same. He had the same, they had the same feeling. They had other things that they wanted to do, but they felt like they couldn't. Right. Because it was one of those jobs where they paid you well, right? So, I, like, I was, I was getting paid six figures, right? Uh, but it, it was enough to have you comfortable, mm-hmm. but not enough to set you free. Yeah. Right? They couldn't do anything outside of it. They still had to show up 40 hours a week, five, five to six days, uh, uh, five to six days, right? didn't have a lot of time to do the things that they wanted to do right and on top of it, they still had to report to work every single day it wasn't like they had a uh they could work from home that was that wasn't a thing mm-hmm. so it was like it, it hit me it's like okay look 
after about two or three years of doing that, I was like, man, I could either be in the same spot, keep doing what I'm doing and mm-hmm. go down, go down that route. Mm-hmm. And, and then getting the feeling where I'm, I'm stuck, where I might have a kid or I have a growing family where I know I can't take a risk mm-hmm. to do the things that I want to do, pursue my passions, or I could be in this job, get paid the same amount of money every month, right? For the rest of my life, right? And I knew that those people who I talked to who had been in the job for 20 years weren't making that much more money than me. So I'm thinking, this sounds like a trap. <laughs> I was like, man, it's like my, you know how Spider-Man has like the tingling feeling? Yeah, yeah. Like that's, it, that's what happened to me. I was like, okay. I'm looking down the road. I can see myself easily getting stuck because it's a comfortable job. Yeah. It's a comfortable job, right? And it's hard to get fired from this job, right? So I see why people get stuck there because it's like, man, look, why would I do anything else? Because I'm getting paid, right? And I'm mm-hmm. just doing it for the check. And I knew my life was bigger than just to do something that was, I felt like I wasn't passionate about just for a check. Yeah. You know? or it's not only a check, but a limited check. Yeah. It's going to cap, right? They're going to give you a cap. So I knew I wanted to do something else. No cap on that one. Like the, (laughs) (laughs) but but like real talk, that that type of job with the pay being good and the assignment or the task that you need to do not being like super difficult. And also it's like an environment where it's kind of chill. You know, nobody's like pissing you off all the time because, you know, that's one of the things where if a boss is always snapping, they're like, man, I don't need this. But if it's if it's chill and they get paid good, it's an ambition killer, dog. It's the contentness, right? Yeah, real talk. People are content. They just shut down everything else. It's like, why would I exert? Why would I take the risk on anything else when I'm content here? 100, 100. Like if you comfortable, if you comfortable and content. That will kill all type of movements towards your goals and dreams right there. So you saw the ghost of Christmas future over there. And you're like, Look, I'm not signing Look, up for that. I got to I gotta make a pivot. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I know if there's any time for me to do something different, yeah. it was now. It was now. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be down the road where I had a kid and all of a sudden, a jump or a change, a pivot mm-hmm. was not going to be uh, not only a risk for myself, but it's going to be a risk to my family. Mm-hmm. So uh, I always have great ad- admiration for people who make a big risk, make a jump. Yeah. Um, when they have a lot of when they have a lot to risk. Amen. But, um, when there's but you know what they say, there's uh, there's no pressure, there's no diamonds, right? Real talk, real talk, and you know. Pressure bust pipes, you know. You, you gotta get get it. You gotta get into that that mode and see how strong you are. See how mm. strong you are after you take that risk. So For you sure. used you used that, that studious nature that you have from being a good student in, in high school and college, and then you went into personal finance. And you said you started studying it. So oh, like, yeah. how did that journey even begin? Where did you start, right? Right, right. So I, I was getting paid a consistent check, right? Every every two weeks, I was getting a consistent check. Mm-hmm. And I knew I was in a great position where I knew I could take advantage of it. I knew I could take advantage of it because uh, you hear people all the time where they start getting paid a little bit, then they start blowing it off and or they have high expenses. So I started living very frugally. Right. Um, I made sure that I, I moved home out after college so I wouldn't have to pay rent when the first three years out of college. Right. I didn't go out like I did while I was in college. You know, I didn't I wasn't the person to, to be very flashy, buy all these fancy, uh, fancy clothes. Right. And I was even blessed enough to a point where I had a family member. I had a few family members uh, pitching to actually get me a, uh, a economy car. Right. So I didn't have a car note, you know, so I was very blessed, blessed to be in that position. And I knew that, hey, I got a consistent income coming in. Man, let me take advantage of it. Right. So I started thinking, OK, what can I do with my money? Right. Because it's not going to just I don't want to let just let it sit there. So I started thinking, OK, oh, I could invest in retirement. So I looked into the 401k. Right. Which that's a whole Another topic before get down, but then I started the Roth IRAs. Then I started thinking about brokerage, uh, investing individual stocks, and then. But then, as I started studying more and more, 
about who are the wealthiest people in the world. And they and it was said that there was a status that 90 percent of all millionaires are involved in some type of real estate. Right. So I'm thinking that's the obvious choice. Right. Let me get into real estate. But, you know, being in California, uh, the average single family home could be what five hundred five hundred thousand dollars and up at least at least right so i'm and i'm 23 i had i had a few uh dozens of thousands of dollars saved up and i and i knew that i felt like that's what i wanted to do but i started running the numbers okay so if i buy a property that's six hundred thousand dollars right and i put down Forty, fifty thousand dollars in my savings, right? I would literally be everything that I have, all my savings. Oh. Now I'm left with a property that's still going to need maintenance, right? And I have no cash, so I'm thinking there's got to be a better way of doing this. Mm-hmm. So I started studying, started studying real estate even more. Uh, like you said before, I got on real estate forums. Bigger pockets really changed everything for me. So I just started studying, going down a rabbit hole of that, and I found out there are real estate investors who purchased investment properties using credit cards. And when I saw that, I was like, you talking about, you talking about like the Bank of America, Discover Cards every day for like food or buying shoes. They buy properties off of that. Hold on. This is, this is a game changer right here. So I started studying and then I got into business credit. Right. And I found out a lot of these investors are buying these properties using let we're leveraging credit and that's what it was for me i was like yo i'm studying this stuff i'm 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 investing thousands of dollars in seminars and courses learn how to leverage credit how to maximize your credit mm-hmm. um, um and now like let me help others right mm-hmm. just through my own study i was able to get my credit score to um 815 credit score um, get over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in business credit Right. And I knew there were some things that I was taught in these courses that the average person who didn't have the means to be able to invest in those courses, they wouldn't they wouldn't be able to get that info. Right. Right. And because of that, their personal credit might be suffering. Right. Or uh, they didn't realize the importance of credit until it was too late. Mm-hmm. When they wanted, when they're thirty years old, where they wanted to go to get a um, get an apartment or buy a house or something like mm-hmm. that. So let me think about helping other people get us, give them a second chance, right? And get, once I give, give them a second chance, teach them how to be able to build a, build up their credit, mm-hmm. be able to uh, get approved for high limit business credit cards, mm-hmm. invest in different assets. Mm-hmm. Invest it doesn't have to be real estate. You could use your credit to buy. Um, uh, well, any type of asset, right? Any asset that's going to be able to uh, get a type of income, right? So I know some people are using their credit to buy cars, uh, to put on tar- Turo mm-hmm. for no down payment, right? I know people are using their, uh, their credit to buy all the furniture for uh, either Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know people are buying e-commerce stores all by leveraging their credit and saving their cash. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing. Let's save our cash, use other people's money to buy assets so we can be able to get an income to pay ourselves and pay back the original loan. Mm. And once I figured that's what, how people thought. Buying assets with other people's money, yeah. I'm like, yo, it's a game changer. Let, let me start helping other people uh, have the same type of mindset. So uh, it's really been a game changer for me, man. Beautiful, bro. Wow. For somebody that has like a 500 credit score, that is wor- like that's living, that's poor, that's living like check to mm-hmm. check, pay- check, pay- check to paycheck. What advice would you initially give that person? So there's a few things that could be uh, going on with a person's credit. So yeah. it seems like they may not even have a lot of accounts on their credit, mm. right? And of the few accounts that they have, it got damaged to begin with, right? Right. And a lot of times when that happens is um, they either got, I would, say, I would say they got finessed. A lot of people get finessed into credit cards of thinking and being taught that hey this is free money that you can spend yeah right? yeah and, they, and as we all know that's what they do in college campuses all the time where these credit card companies uh mm-hmm. prey on uh incoming freshmen 
who are fresh out their house, right? Fresh out of home. Yep. And they may not know about credit. They don't know a lot about uh, uh, personal finance. And the way they pose it to them is like, hey, you could buy this, you could buy that, you could buy <laughs> this, this. Uh, we don't have to pay it back till down the road, but don't even worry about paying it back because it's zero percent interest for uh, six, seven months. It's and seven months. Right, exactly. Right. That's <laughs> a long time. And then uh, a lot of people going to think it's, it's it's free money. So they use those credit cards to go to parties, buy shoes, buy clothes, go to mm-hmm. home. Right. And then they think, oh, I just got to pay back this money. Yeah. Not only what I borrow, but even more than that. And people are upset because they don't, a lot of times they don't have income. Mm-hmm. So they default on those credit cards. Right. And then now the credit cards are closed. They're charged off. Um, going to collections, which demolished the score. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of other accounts to help balance that, right? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I always tell people to do is to know what is going on with your credit, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, don't they don't even know what's on their accounts. They have a 500 credit score, but they don't know what's affecting it. Is it is it that you don't have a lot of accounts? Because if you don't have a lot of accounts, that could be easy fix. We can get you some more credit builder accounts or credit builder accounts such as a self-lender. Self-lender works as a, basically a loan from an institution from an institution called Self. They'll give you a loan, mm-hmm. right? And it's not a loan where they actually give you the money, but it's a, uh, it's a secured loan where to pay back the loan, the fake mm-hmm. loan that they give you, you could pay up to about $50 per month for up to two years, and every time that they you pay make that fifty dollar payment on on time, mm-hmm. it will report to your credit report. So now you build up your credit history, right? And you got another account, right? Yeah. And another thing I tell people all the time is like, well, let me ask you this: What is your biggest expense right now? Um, my biggest expense would be um, th- uh, uh, probably my phone. Your phone? Okay, yeah. so. Oh, I know a lot of people with their biggest expenses like their housing. Housing. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. My rent. (laughs) Yeah. Your rent, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy how that's our biggest expense, but our rent isn't even reported on our our credit report. Mm -hmm. Something that we have to pay, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have to pay in order to live, but it's not reported on our credit report. So there's accounts out there, companies out there like Rent Reporters, Credit My Rent, and Rental Karma, where they will actually force uh, uh, force report your monthly uh, rental payments to your credit report, right? So a lot of people don't know about that, but that's an easy alley-oop that people could do for literally $10 a month. Yeah. Right? So now you add three more accounts onto your credit report that you get positive payment history going forward. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you're able to backdate uh, your history, mm-hmm. right? So you can backdate it two years. So now you have... Uh, at least a two years old account, right? Three right. two years old accounts that uh that are on your credit report that's um uh, adding positive payment history and add it to your total amount of uh, accounts. So Oof. that's those are ways you can build up your credit report that way. And um, for people who already have like late payments, derogatory accounts, um, there's ways to be able to dispute dispute those off your credit report. So. Wow, right, right. That'll go, that'll go on and on and on. We'll <laughs> yeah. Hey, so uh I, I know, I know, and that's why I want you on here. I mean, okay, okay. Let's let's pivot for just a second though. What were the biggest challenges from you going to from the private sector, like as far as being in a, a big corporation company to beginning your own business? Okay, yeah, for sure. So the biggest thing was making sure that I was very organized, right? Because mm-hmm. there's nobody that was organized and disciplined mm-hmm. about the organization. Because one thing about being organized, but making sure I stay organized, mm-hmm. right? Because there's nobody going to be there to wake me up in the morning or threaten me with my job, threaten me with my income right. if I don't show up on time. I have mm-hmm. to be able to get myself up every single day, make sure I go to bed on time every single day, mm-hmm. making sure that I have set times for uh, everything that I want to do throughout the day, mm-hmm. right? Making sure I'm very goal oriented because there's I don't have I'm not going to have that accountability with my coworkers and my boss. Making sure that I'm on I'm, I'm point with it because mm-hmm. right? um, because I know w- with my job I could I could slack off, right? 
and I could slack off for a while and I'll still be okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I could still get paid uh, every two weeks until it gets to a point that my notice and the mom fired me. But, <laughs> um, but when I was a, biz- a business owner, if you slack off, you don't get paid. Right. Right. Your business does not get paid. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's how to get in a mindset is I only eat what I kill. Mm. So I got to get up every single day and kill. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't eat, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't eat for myself. Um, all of my my employees don't eat, and they got families. So now it's a now it's um on me to be able to make sure that I'm provided for myself and others. Mm-hmm. It's not just making sure that my team does well during uh, reviews at the end of the year when I worked for my corporate job. Yeah. So, but it's, 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 it's more pressure, man. It's a lot. It's, it's pressure. But um, I, I, I don't regret it at all, man, because I feel like I'm 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 in control of my time. I'm in control of my destiny and I'm controlling my future. Yes. And like one of the things that you really emphasize wasn't just the the pressures upon yourself and making sure that you go kill, but also that you kill it for your customers as well, Ooh, man. Please yeah. talk about, please talk about that for a sec. Cause what yeah. you said in our, our pre uh, pre podcast interview was just gold, man, as far oh, as the yeah. integrity that you need to have as a business person, man. And making that jump, uh, even before I made that jump for probably about a month or two before I made the decision to quit. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it was coming. It was just, okay. Is there a perfect time to do it? There's a perfect time to do it. When should I do it? Should I make sure that I have everything in place? Should I have to make sure that my job or my company, my business is making twice as much than what my regular job is making? I didn't know what it was. So it was a lot of anxiety, right? Because, but I knew I didn't want to be in this forever. Now, I remember there are nights where I couldn't go to sleep. I couldn't go to sleep where I might be able to go to bed at 11, 12 o'clock, but I wake up two hours later, mm-hmm. just nightmares thinking, man, uh, there's people's lives, livelihood, finances are really dependent upon how well my business is run. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who, or a lot of my clients, customers, or people who knew me before as as very tr- as trustworthy, right? People who I, I knew, uh, who knew me as a person who would be able to back up what I say, right? And mm-hmm. now I'm, I'm going into a new venture where, well, I knew I was going to do well, but now it's really on, like it's really on now, right? And uh, it's I have to make sure that everything, everybody on my team is performing. To a point where I know there's going to be there's going to be results, mm-hmm. and it went all the and literally for about two months straight. There was at least three days a week where I, I'd only get one or two hours of sleep a day. You yeah. know, um, it, it, it was it was a lot of pressure, man. But the time I knew that I knew I needed to make the jump. I mean, I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to uh, the David Shands con- uh, podcast. Uh, Sleep is for suckers. Social you know, social proof podcast. Or? Social proof podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was an interview or it was a discussion with Donnie Wiggins mm-hmm. and David Shands, and they were talking about how hourly wage is the least valuable or the least look or the most looked down upon uh, way of getting paid. Mm-hmm. Right. And. Donnie Wiggins have brought up a statement that I'll, I'll always remember. She said that there's a, a lot of people who stick with hourly jobs, right? They're nine mm-hmm. to five uh, because they want a consistent check, right? Mm-hmm. And she, sure, she wanted to let everybody know that she had nothing against the 95, right? Mm-hmm. Was, um, but she was talking about how they were getting paid, right? But people stay with the 95 to be able to consistent check. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who or with that consistent check are not able to live the life that they wanted to live. Right. Yeah. They still can't afford the things that they want. Right. So what Donnie Wiggins said, as long as you are accepting that you are having a, a consistent income, mm-hmm. consistent check, you will always accept to be consistently broke. Mm. And I was like, man, and I really thought about that. Yeah. Man, do I want to consistently be broke for the rest of my career? Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, no, man. And literally about three hours later, I made the call to my boss. And I said, man, I got to go. 
I gotta go. Like, I'll give you, I'll give you three weeks. Yeah, I'll give you three weeks, but you gotta get a replacement in because I, I gotta take the leap now. Because if it's not now, it's gonna be never. Yeah. Did he respect it? Oh man, he was. He totally understood. I yeah. thought it was, I thought he was gonna be upset. Yeah. But he said, "Man, I mean, I could tell your energy w- w- wasn't as there, wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know if you were getting bored from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hey, man, I, I want you to pursue what you want to do. You know, because life is too short to be stuck in one spot for all your life, right? Especially for something that you don't love. And I told him I didn't love it, so he um, graciously." Gave me everything that I needed to do to be able to get out of the job and find yeah. a replacement in three weeks, like he said. Yeah. Uh, we said our goodbyes. He wished me the best of luck. And um, man, I'm doing my thing now. Ah, congratulations, dog. You deserve every single ounce of success that you get man, now. And you, so thanks, much man. more success to come, bro. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank dog. Hey, and that's what makes like this so special for me. Because I, I reach out to folks like you and you agree to be on the podcast. And then I get to have the opportunity to serve you because on the social proof, po- uh, social proof sorry, David, <laughs> on the drop your baggage podcast, we talk to people that are dope that can give you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. Now, that technique that we're going to go through is a simple, systematic guided meditation. And this meditation is about to have you do years of personal development, years of therapy and have multiple breakthroughs within minutes. Dog, it's the best. It's the best. Um, so, and, and always, it's always so great to talk to entrepreneurs because my mentor always says that your business will never outgrow you. Mm-hmm. you know I mean? So the more that we grow, you know what I mean? Especially emotionally where we usually don't pay attention to it the most, the more that we grow, you know what I mean? more that our business can grow as well so like mm-hmm. that means that there's bread out there to get down yeah. so, yeah. hey uh for all you guys let me sp- speak to the audience real quick for all you guys out there please do not try this uh without the guidance of someone that is uh cert- certified in neuro-linguistic programming and mental and emotional release mer and if you uh would love to uh, try this out please go to my website charleswolfwork.com there's a form in there go ahead and fill it out and i can't wait to uh, wait to meet you but with Julian, I want to let you know that I am not a therapist. I am not a psychologist. I am not a counselor. Uh, I'm not any of those things that have like a PhD or a letter behind it. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm a guy that. Um, I'm about to say, give yourself some credit, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, nah, no, uh, please believe, please believe. Uh, I, I'm a, a, um, a, a alternative to all of those wonderful things that can shift your mindset. Okay, cool. So today, um, I get to be a blessing and we talked about it before how you have this like you have this pressure on yourself and this pressure is coming from the subconscious limiting belief that I'm not good enough. And I even had to point it out to you like, right, there it is. There it is again. So please tell us some of the the indicators that I saw that uh, showed that you had this limiting belief. Yeah, man. So when I when I was having those nightmares, man, mm-hmm. it was in my head thinking that was I going to be good enough, right? Was I going to be good enough? Um, and I knew in my head, I knew I knew I had the confidence to do it, but there was something in my, my back of my head thinking, am I going to be able to live up to other people's expectations, right? Because people always, always had high expectations of me. I always did well in school. Um, I always got A's, right? A's, B's, went to uh, went to good colleges, right? Got a good job. And people really saw that path. You know, people really saw that path and expected it for me. And I, I lived that lifestyle, right? But now I'm going through a different path now, right? Mm-hmm. Going through a different path that people didn't see, people didn't ex- expect from me, right? So now it's, I don't know if the way I was thinking is like, okay, how are other people thinking about me when it, because I'm doing something different, something that they didn't see me doing? Are they are they having the confidence that I'm going to be able to do it the way I know I have my confidence to do it? Right, right, right. So I started thinking like that, you know, and overthinking like that is is dangerous, right? So um, I it was I just felt like it was a lot of pressure on me. I remember, like I said, waking up at two, three o'clock in the morning thinking man, I'm not doing enough. I need to wake up now. I need to wake up now. It's two, three o'clock in the morning. I don't, 
I can't go to sleep right now. I got to work on something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to make sure that my clients are where they are where they need to be, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it really, really ate at me. Really ate at me. But I think I wouldn't say that it's uh, it was a negative or negative because it really pushed me to go the extra mile to make sure that my clients are set where they yeah. need to be. Yeah. To make sure that they see the results. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah, I feel like it would only get healthy to a point where my physical health isn't where it needs to be. Like not getting enough sleep, right? Yeah. And then not getting enough sleep leads to not eating well, right? Right. So, um, just I think when I first began, that was something I was really battling uh, uh, with myself. Yeah. Yeah. Real talk. Like, and that's the thing, like our, uh, our baggage and our internal battles can definitely push us. Like I always promised myself that I would do better than my mother and father than they did, you know? Mm. So like, that was something that just drove me that mm. always like made me not want to settle for less and always look at, look at the future instead of just, you know, kind of being bogged down and comfortable with the right now. So it's like, but I saw like, oh, well, my father, I never met my father before. So I definitely can do better than him just by being present in the people's lives that I love. And also my mom, she, she never finished college. She went to uh, Xavier University. Yeah. Xavier University, not the one in uh, Louisiana, but the one in Ohio. Oh, and, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, uh, say, I know, I know Xavier very well. <laughs> the, uh, oh. the, um, but yeah, but she never finished. And I was just oh, like, well, I'm going to go ahead up. and get my degree and everything. Hello? Oh, yeah. I think we froze up for a second. I think we're good now, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, like, you know, that that could, it could definitely be a driver. Um, but like, you but like you know, when is preventing me from, you know, going all out into relationships or not believing in myself or like, you know, losing sleep? over something that mm-hmm. you, you know that is uh, can be handled when you're feeling at your optimal uh, health and, and at your prime, then man, it's, it's like, it's definitely hindering you. And I, I know it's probably not showing up, you know, now as much as it did then, but my mentor also said that there's a devil at every level. So you never mm. know when it's gonna come out again. You know what I mean? Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I never heard that devil at every level. Huh? <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and get rid of that limiting belief. So, okay. in order for you to have a like a profound experience, there's four things that you need to do. Number one, you got to use your imagination. Number two, you got to follow directions just like you follow a recipe or Google Maps. Mm. Number three, you got to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide. I'm going to be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a place of love and high vibrations. Okay. And number four is, uh, number four is you have to, oh, you have to see from other people's perspectives. Your perspective is very important in empowering yourself. And, uh, but this is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance for yourself, but also for others. So other people's perspectives and what they're going through, you have to take that in mind. And then you'll have a deeper, more profound, like healing and uh, like revelation more than ever. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it. All right. So let's start the process. Is it all right with your unconscious mind for you to release this limiting belief that I'm not good enough today and for you to be aware of it consciously? Yes. Hey, man, let me ask you, when you think of that, I want you to think of a moment real quick. And when you think of a moment where you felt like I'm not good enough, where do you feel it in your body? Mm, I feel it come down to like my gut. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else? Um, I know it all stems from the, from the head. Yeah. Yeah. So if you feel it here and in your gut. Right. All right. Just pay attention to that. All right. So when you like, you're going to go back to those times and you're going to feel it. And when it's gone, that's when you know that you cool. All right. So what is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt like I'm not good enough between the ages of like birth and seven? How old were you? I would probably say about seven. I think seven when I first started. I'll be six when I first started playing soccer. Uh, What was it like? Who gave you that pressure? Right. So I remember being at a league um, 
I first started out in the league and I I, I was beasting, right? Mm-hmm. I was, I was with, on the team getting four or five goals a game. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I moved into another league on another side of town. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I I thought I was good until I started going over there. And I said, man, these are some of the kids that they knew about a soccer ball, how to kick a soccer ball before they even knew how to walk. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like they were raised on it, and it got to a point where I would train with them. Mm-hmm. But I, I, within within a year, I became I was the best person on the team to literally a bench one. Wow! To a team, to a team where I didn't play. I played. There were there were games where I didn't play at all. Right. Right. I remember, and when I did get in, it would be for a quick five minutes or so yeah yeah you know and it really hit me i was like man do i even want to do this anymore do i even want to play this because i'm obviously not good enough and it's just going to get harder down the road right as i get older so and i well, one thing one of the things i would i, I kind of regret quitting because it was too hard yeah you know quitting it was too too hard so my first time feeling like i wasn't good enough was um was playing the soccer not new league Hmm. Um. Two things that I want you to really emphasize. Uh, so this one's going to be more about forgiving yourself and having compassion and empathy for yourself. Um. Remember, you know, we're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we had. So, you know, it's like if you would have known that success comes after challenges, you know what I mean? That right. success is the thing that it comes after like any type of trial or failure mm. and you would have gone ahead and went through it, but you didn't know, right. you didn't yeah. know, you feel yeah. me. And like, now that's like, the, you, you built a business based off of that. Quite honestly, right. like you, you, it was kind of like you either fly or die type of thing. So, you know, you're a better per- also. Yeah. You're a better person than you were when that event occurred. So it's yeah. about, it's about grace. It's definitely about grace, you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, for so, sure, for sure. <clears throat> and um, I'm sure, you know, make sure that you give grace to your, your mom, too. I'm sure that she's going to pop up. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right. So you, uh, with this, you can go ahead and close your eyes and relax and let me know when you're ready for the process. I'm ready. All right. Now, just imagine that there's a timeline all right now with that timeline your past can be to your left to your right or behind you where's your past to my left perfect so go ahead and float to the left and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt that i'm not good enough when you were just a little kid playing like uh and you were playing soccer and just hover above that event, <clears throat> seeing that event from a third person point of view, like a, and, and just seeing it like a fly on the wall. Let me know when you're above that event and that little kid. I'm there. All right. Now, just stay right there, hovering above the event, seeing it, seeing it like a fly on the wall and don't move. And just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Now, with you floating above the event and your eyes closed, tell me, what did you learn from the event? Oh, keep your eyes closed. (laughs) Oh, what I was worried about before, what I felt like was a major, was really hurting me back then, is mm-hmm. something very minimal to the grand scheme of everything. Learned that being able to fight through any type of adversity is where we start seeing success. Told myself, if I was ever to be in a situation like that again, where my passion fueled fueled me going through, mm-hmm. going forward, that 
persisting through adversity is the only way. That's awesome. What is something that you can take from that event into the future with you to make you a better person? That I was in the right place at the right time. <laughs> but I felt like that was that was a sign. The reason why I got moved to that league was specifically because mm-hmm. I had outgrown a previous league, mm-hmm. right? And the only way to become great is to be in around other people who are also great. But I was actually a sign, being in that position was a sign that I needed to be there in order to 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 reach my goals i need to be around the right environment and instead of seeing that as a discouragement to to feel like you weren't good enough Mm -hmm. it as a tool to be able to get to the next step wow awesome now just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. Or I'm above the dinosaurs. Okay. Now, as you're above the dinosaurs, just imagine floating into space to where space and the atmosphere connects and imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. All right. Listen closely. Flow very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt as though I'm not good enough. From birth until now, in chronological order, don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that limiting belief that I'm not good enough all the way back to now. Go. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good job. I love love imagining that. You definitely painted a picture in my head. I I saw that very clearly. (laughs) Good job. Good job. Good job. Uh, How do you feel? I feel good, man. Yeah. Um, I think one of the main things I got out of that is that what you said is I can only control how I could only control my reactions, right? I think that was a big thing. You know, I feel at those times when I felt like I wasn't good enough, um, I was concerned about things that were out of my control, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I could only control what I do. Mm-hmm. So as long as I focus on what I do and give everything that I, that I can, right? Empty the bucket, you know, I shouldn't have anything to worry about. Hundred percent, and that's exactly what you do. Is like you know, with Eric Thomas, you gave one twenty to everything mm-hmm. that you do. You see, you feel me. So it's like, what else can you do but do your best? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome, bro. Good job on that one. Um, now, let's go ahead and let's test out how it feels now. So, um, do you smell bacon? I do not smell bacon. Okay. I asked that question to get your mind off of the meditation. Now, do you, uh, can you remember a time in the past in which you can feel that old emotion and go back and notice if you can feel it or you may find that you cannot. It's not as intense. Yeah. You still feel it though. I still feel a little bit. It's not as intense. Mm, That's some wisdom that you need to get back from back there. Mm. Yeah, we we gonna have to go through that one more time later, later. But you know, what I mean, there's yeah, some, yeah. you know, what I mean, there's something that you might have left out. You know, what I mean, that's still telling yeah. you, ah, now nah, you didn't get rid of it yet. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But uh, that that definitely helped a lot, man. Because hearing free myself from when I was where I was when I was eight years old, mm-hmm. I can see it apply to so many other all other all those other times where uh, I felt I wasn't adequate. Mm-hmm. The, um, let's, I got one more question for you. I, want, I got one more thing for you. I want you to go out into the future to an unspecified time in the future in which if, you can, if, if it would have happened today, 
you would have felt like I'm not good enough, but it's the future. So see if you can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. Hmm. Right now. Adult. How's your mindset now about those events? It's not as, I would say, not as important and not as intense feeling. Mm-hmm. So like, like, like we said before, I could only control what I can control. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got to let everything else go. Yeah. And I, I see that. I can't, I can't see that. Yeah. Congratulations, man. You just released a bunch of fear. You released that limiting belief that I'm not good enough. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Man, I some real powerful stuff. <laughs> that's, that's different. That's different. I've never heard of anything like that for us. Yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a powerful modality. That's why I love it so much. It's like so much that you just process from your past, and if you change your personal reality of your past, then you change your personal, then you change your personality because of how you react to things that may have triggered you before those triggers are now gone. Yeah. 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 So like, what was the, the, so you said you gave a lot of different like principles and like um, revelations that you just had. You can only do what you can. Like you're only doing the best that you can, and your best right. is is enough. Like you can only right. control what you can control. Um, what were some other things that made you shift, or or what were some of the memories that you reframed as well? Right, right. I think that w- one thing that popped in my head was being in a Pursuing, pursuing this girl. I remember being 19, 20 years old, giving everything I can to, to impress this girl. You know, she she was bad too. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, 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 this is I need her in my life, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And but she wasn't rocking with it. She wasn't rocking with your boy. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was the first time where I went all out and it just didn't didn't, didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I felt dejected, right? Mm-hmm. But just thinking that. Not everybody was made for everybody, right? Mm. Like you could be the best person in the world, right? Do everything that you, you can do everything right, but that doesn't mean she's gonna be the right one, right? So it was just a sign that didn't didn't even need to be there to begin with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The also like that's where the deeper wisdom comes from is when you go ahead and flip that on his head and look from her perspective. She's only doing the best that she can with the resources and consciousness that she has. So she doesn't even think about, she probably wasn't even thinking, hey, I should give this guy a chance Mm -hmm. and like, let me, you know, see what type, like what type of relationship this is going to be. Right. Or like, maybe she has a consciousness of, oh, that's not my type. You know what I mean? That I'm not, that this is not my type as far as. Um, a guy that's, that might treat me well. She might be looking for a dude that's going to treat her, treat her crappy for a while because yes. she's still a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so like there's so many things from her perspective and that's where that grace comes from. Because like, it seems like there's a there's a, a pressure off of yourself, like you said, to because you, you would always put these things on yourself to be so excellent. And now you're giving yourself like a grace, it seems right. like. Right. No, definitely. I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that popped in my head when you brought up um, imagining myself in the future, mm-hmm. imagining myself on behind stage on a, um, uh, about to speak at a conference. Yeah. And thousands of people. Yeah. Right. Even though I, I knew my stuff, it was still an anxiety thing. And man, am I good enough? You know, but at that time, what else am I going to do? There's nothing really else I could do. I know what I know and mm-hmm. I'm going to give what I can give. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, let's not worry about what happens in the future. I need to worry about or uh, give what I know. Cause that's all I can control at that time. Mm-hmm. Real talk. So it's, it's, it's about like 
you go, you, it seems like it, it also has showed you that no matter what, you go kind of like balls to the wall. You go 120 no matter what. So it's like, I'm going to do, like, I'm. I, you're made for these moments, bro. You were made for these moments. You know what I mean? Like, your mom and your dad have, have bred you to be prepared and to, to just work out of excellence, just excellence. You know what I mean? So it's like, when those moments come, of course, you're going to come fully prepared. So then it's like, all right, I ain't got nothing to wear. Look, I'm going to come with you. You know what I mean? If you rock with me, you rock with me. But if you don't, then, like, whatever. Man, that's a word right there, man. That's so real. <laughs> real talk, man. Um, oh, so when you were doing the meditation, did you still feel it in your gut and like in your, your chest? And like, how did it feel to like get it off of your chest and your gut, if you will? Man, it felt good, man. It felt good because I felt like it was a, a, a weight wasn't there anymore or that sense of anxiety wasn't there anymore you know mm -hmm. it was, uh, but like you ever been have you ever been squat squatted before mm -hmm. at a gym mm -hmm. it's like that feeling that you get right when you rack the weights yeah before you get to <laughs> stretch out your back it's like, oh yeah that's <laughs> it right there that's, that's how I felt. especially when i went back to that same moment mm -hmm. and i and I didn't feel that way where I felt before the, the feeling wasn't there. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, good stuff, bro. Um, yeah, man. There's just, I mean, that's just the, the like the beginning of the journey right there. You know what I mean? Because when we like when people talk about like Jim Rohn and you know ET talk about personal development and like you know, E.T. talks about forgiving his father and Jim Rohn talks about becoming the person that he needed to become in order to get his life straight. It's all about this right here, like reframing your life, per changing your personal reality. So you change your personality to becoming that person that you need to be to become like the most successful to reaching that full potential. You know, like this is just the, the beginning, you know. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm excited for you, Doc. I'm excited for you. Have you ever like done any like what type of personal development have you done? Oh man, red books. Yeah, red books, that's about it, man. I'm, I've been tapped into Jim Rohn, um, ET. Uh, I actually found them before I even found Tony Robbins. So, um, but everybody says I need to dive into Tony, Tony Robbins, but I haven't tapped into him yet. He's a beast. He's yeah. a beast. He's, he's the reason why we're on the call right now. Why man. I even know this modality, man. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I have some powerful stuff, man. He's a, I can tell he's an influential guy because even uh, um, ET has talked about it, right? Mm -hmm. Or some other uh, speakers have talked about him. Mm -hmm. And it seems like he's kind of like the godfather of this age of just being the best that you can be, being mm -hmm. the, the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he coined the, like, term life coach he i think he was one of the main life coaches out there really? and personal development like evolved around a lot of his teaching it's 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 crazy um bruh thank you so much for showing up for your divine appointment today dog man, charles man i appreciate it man this, you had dropped so much game on me last time put some put me on some new techniques and uh uh and some new techniques, everything, man. So I studied a little research on my own. I'm looking forward to um, uh, utilizing a lot of them in the future. Let's go, bro. You, dog, you still so young, too. We still so young. We got, we got so much, so yeah, much to look yeah, forward yeah, to, dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, man, uh, before we go, hey, just like some more. Uh, give us one more word of wisdom before we go ahead and tie this up in a book. Man, well, what should I say, man? Oh, what type of what type of round are we talking? Man, um, whatever's on your heart. Whatever somebody out there needs to hear. Mm. I would say, man, look, life is too short to live up to other people's expectations, y'all. Like, do do what you love. I know it sounds cliche to say it, but do do what you do what you love, man. Don't be stuck at something 40, 50 years. 
doing something that really just drains at your body. You have options. You, you have an option. You always have an option, right? You always have an option. You are in control of your own destiny. And now it's up to you to be able to find a way to be able to change the projection that you see for yourself. You have control of that. The realest, bro. The realest. I appreciate you, Julian. Man, Charles, and I appreciate it, boss. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to talk to the audience. Thank you. And I, I appreciate, you, appreciate you guys out there with all my heart and all my soul. I appreciate the attention and support. And like I say every single time, I love you guys with all uh, with all my heart. Um, if you like this podcast, please hit, uh, consider hitting the like and subscribe button. And if you are on the podcast platform, give a brother five stars. It's feedback. Right here on the Drop Your Baggage podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. I'm your uh, host, Charles Wolfwork, the self-talk engineer. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace.